0: Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. Hope you're all keeping well right now.
1: Hi, everybody. Matt
2: Guy here. Hope everybody is splendid. Well, oh, splendid. That's a new word. Hello, everyone. Good morning.
0: It's got a day, uh, to- word of the day toilet paper, I'm guessing.
2: Jens, <laughs> <laughs> are, are we okay? I used to have some Albion toilet paper, like, genuinely. It, it, it had WBA, shit club, written all the way through it. So we had it for the um for the playoff final. That's where that's where mine came from. That's because 'cause I, I've still got it. I kept it in a bag. And um I used one and kept the other. I've still got it now. <laughs> <in> a contest. <laughs> on an eighteen year old toilet roll.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: Incredible. Matt, how are you? This fine I say Autumn, I suppose it is now officially
1: autumnal evening. Uh, yeah, yeah, good to be fair. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to getting a few things off my chest <laughs> about, <laughs> about a movie that completely took me or or um, knocked me for six. Put it that way, I wasn't expecting the feelings that came out of me for the movie we we're about to cover.
0: Interesting, because, yeah, I, I think we may share some of the same opinions on this one then by the sounds of it. So the film we're here to discuss is Vengeance, A Love Story. I, I'd i never heard of this until, obviously, researching for this podcast. It's from 2017, so it's a fairly recent film, and it is brand new
1: to me, this one. Gents, is is it the same story for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, completely Pass me by this one. Um, never heard of it, and can't remember any kind of promotion for it. Completely, completely pass me by.
2: I had actually heard of this one. I'd never seen it, but I'd heard of it just because it's a ridiculous name. I remember it sticking in the back of my head. And why is it? Why is something called a love story after vengeance? But I don't. I don't know if that was from any any actual point of anything, or if it was something like. It, remember the, um, the Cineworld book that they used to do of the new releases? Yeah. If it was like in there, like a small little <laughs> piece. But I remember the name and it wasn't what I thought it would be. But I'd never seen it before now.
0: Yeah, uh, we will get to the reason why it's called Vengeance, a Love Story, in a little bit. It's odd. Um, I have to say that the poster for this film isn't really what i was expecting so if you look at the poster for it it sort of gives you the idea of a film that it just doesn't turn out to be so it's a picture of cage surrounded by flames carrying a pump pump action shotgun and the film never really gets to that stage it's a bit of an odd one i thought
1: Mm, it's got a um a bit of a uh, I don't know. You, you could look at that and think you're watching the sequel to Falling Down. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's more of a Hallmark movie at times than that, or at least in sections. It's a strange one. But then again, we, he's been burnt by this plenty of times as an uh, old Nicky boy in that trailers and trailers and covers aren't often the representative of the actual finished article.
2: The fact that they put Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage on the poster to make this film something— that, who knows? Who knows what you think about it? Um, but it's uh, it's hyping it somewhat.
0: I think it needed something to push it over the edge because next to Nick Cage, Anna Hutchinson, Talitha, Ileana Bateman, like. These are names I don't really know. Don Johnson, I suppose, is the only other named mm. actor who's in this film. But let's be honest; it's been a, a long, long time since Don Johnson was a name of note. To be perfectly honest, uh, even the director Johnny Martin—I've like, never heard of this fella before. And looking at his filmography: Skeleton Man, Case Number Thirteen, Hangman Delirium—like these are films that I've I've never heard of. Whether or not they were straight to DVD, I, I have no idea because never heard of them. So there's nothing other than Academy Award winning Nick Cage to really try and draw you into the cinema. Is there on this one?
1: No. I, mean, I can't imagine this ever had a had a theatre release. <laughs> <laughs> to be <release>. nice, <No. laughs>
2: That is true. That's why I'm questioning if it was the Cineworld booklet or if it was something else or if it was like something in... A, a mate's copy of Total Film or Empire or something like that, where it was just, mm. I, I remember seeing it and it was a small little, one of the small snippets in the corner of the page. I don't know what that page was.
0: <laughs> yeah. Such a weird, vivid memory to keep of a, an odd film, <laughs> especially one that you didn't even see. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the trailer was interesting though, a, a bit like the film we did, uh, fairly recently that it seemed to tell the whole del- damn film including the killings that happen in the order that they happen <laughs> like it's just really weird trailer but anyway the IMDB describes this movie as a group of strangers come to the aid of a single mother seeking to bring her rapist to justice <laughs>
2: I see why he likes your mom. Hold
1: oh, on yo. No, we're going to walk. Call you in the morning.
0: Once
2: was a mermaid Live by the pond. Team
1: McGuire. <laughs> 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 Niagara Falls detectives are investigating a brutal attack on a local woman and her 12-year-old daughter. <laughs>
2: I need your help. (laughs) This was a confused and frightened child. His mother was so derelict as a parent to drag her to a drunken orgy party. But it wasn't rape. It was consensual. They are completely innocent. Oh, oh, why would they do that? I'm to do you just like I did Tina. Oh. The Constitution. What's not in that document is vigilante cop justice. Who knows? You might even need my services someday. And I hope you'll never need mine. I like that.
0: The film opens up with Cop Cage and his partner sat stalking out a suburban area. A man goes to his van. A short chase ensues. The partner gets shot dead and Cage gets shot in the shoulder. The time jumps to an undetermined future. We don't know how long it's been. John, that is Nick Cage's character, is sat in a bar. Apparently he's been okayed to return to work now. A lady, Martine Maguire, gets ditched by her friend and imposes herself on Cage. This woman talks at John, presumably all night... She then leaves after giving Cage her number, giving him a kiss and befriending him. It wasn't sexual, but it felt more than just friendly. Mm. Um, and it doesn't really play into anything else in this film. So it was kind of pointless, this this chance meeting at the beginning, I think. I didn't quite... I didn't get it at the time. And then once you got to the end, I didn't get the point of that scene, to be perfectly honest.
1: Yeah, it was strange. I mean, going back to the, to the very start... Um... It, Nick Cage's emotional range in this movie—he um, seems so heartless at the death of his partner. It just—it was like, it like meant nothing to him. Um, and then all of a sudden, he's like in this position where he's on the verge of pulling a, quite an attractive woman, and it just in the shape that he's in in this movie and the amount of jowls—it looks like Harry Redknapp. <laughs> like it's just, I just don't understand. It just makes no sense.
2: Is he just, is he not like in shock? because like, I thought the the shootout was superb. he uh, it, it, mm. just hit you like that straight away? Unexpected. It it, it, it it did
0: come quite out of the blue, didn't it? Yeah, it but it, the way they were talking about it in the bar, it seemed as though he was signed off because of the physical injury. He didn't seem to have any mental scars, which is what I would have thought he would mm. have
2: had. I thought that's just that was just how he was acting was the, the chance enough and they didn't need to say maybe I'm maybe I'm giving it too much credit for what it is but I just thought well he's obviously quite fucked up here <laughs> and he's he's almost a mute at, po- at points and when she went over to him and you had the, the the picture of him on the wall as a hero I thought oh well this is some desperate slapper in a in a pub trying to pull a local legend that's what that's what I thought of it
0: <laughs> it did feel like it was going to go that way but then it did a complete 180 uh, we then get to see Martine because she's then at a party with her kid, Bethy. Uh, they soon leave this party after some rando dude is trying his hardest to fuck her, and she just walks off, not interested. Um Whilst the kid, well, she's walking back home with the kids. They're having a bit of a heart to heart about the kid's deceased father. It's all sweet and schmaltzy and laughing and dancing in the rain. And then fuck me. Martine gets brutally attacked and raped. Like, that scene, it was just, I, I don't know, it was such day and night. It mm. was so sweet and emotional one minute, and then the next, it was it was quite brutal. And I, Because I went in knowing nothing about this film, I hadn't seen the trailer before, I didn't read the synopses, I didn't know it was going to be about rape. So when that happened, it proper
2: threw me for a loop. I was really shocked at it. See, this is more mm. just, justification for my no tra- trailer policy. Because this is the reaction that you get for when things like this happen, and I, I was like, you, I always amazed how, de- I say, detailed how visceral the whole thing seemed, mm. even though they didn't show anything and it was all suggestive and close up on the daughter's face. She's fair fucks to her. She did a, it was a great performance I thought from her. And so in, how old is she in this? Twelve, maybe ten, something like that. Something like that. Yeah.
1: Mm, that's interesting that because she comfortably apart from the gran or. Um, the mom of the mom was comfortably mm. the worst thing about this film for me, <laughs> um, and I thought the performance was massively uh, took took away so much from like the grittiness of it because it was so bad. Uh, and I think yeah. it, really, uh, it really maybe not so much this scene, but as as the film plods on, it her performance really does destroy any kind of tension or any kind of um, anything that they're usually building up.
0: Yeah. I've got it a bit in the notes a bit later on. Her performance is very tonally off key. Like one minute, she's proper like depressed as you would imagine she would be. And then the next she's laughing and joking. Like she hasn't got a care in the world. Mm. And it's, it's literally like one second to the next. Um, I think that's an issue with the direction as much as it is the performance as well, to be honest. But yeah, I I do agree. I think she was great in this scene. That's
2: what what I'm saying. (laughs) This scene is what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Uh, So after the attack, which the kid witnesses, Bethy tries to revive her mother. She's unable to do so. So she leaves and heads to the nearest road where this car is driving by driven by Nick Cage. I mean, that's a bit contrived. I mean, how lucky can you be Mm -hmm. that it's a copper driving by at the exact moment that you need them? At the hospital, Martine's mom arrives. The Botox is strong here. (laughs) Against her wishes, John speaks to Bethy about her mom's attack. We then get a scene where John and his new partner hunt down the attackers, put them in a lineup, and Bethy identifies them. With 25 minutes in here, I'm not massively enamored by the film because I'm not entirely sure what story they're trying to tell. Like, It starts with Cage's partner getting shot, then he's in a bar, then he's befriended a woman, then this woman's at a party, she gets raped, and it all happens in this indeterminate amount of time. It could be a couple of days, it could be a couple of months... It feels like they're blasting through it, but not really giving us anything to tell us who these characters are. Mm. I don't know who Nick Cage is. I don't know who Martin is. Um, I think that the first 25 minutes you need to set your scene a little bit better and give us a reason to care about them. And I don't think they did that uh, to start off with.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I I felt like... I felt like it was almost an assumption that the audience would just understand what's going on because of you know, understand the base urge to want retribution for what's happened and, and there's a cop and he'll he'll sort that for it. just it felt very um What's the word? Just very much like an assumption that the audience will just know what's going on. And it didn't really have to explain itself.
2: Yeah, which I, I kind of liked it like for that reason, because we've had We've watched so much rubbish over the last year and a bit of films that just treat you like a moron and force feed us everything, and this didn't. Maybe it went too far the other way where it was so – it showed you absolutely everything but nothing at all at the same time, Mm. and it just gave you enough of his life and what he's – it was about him more than anything else, and as it turns out, it probably is, Um but I do know what you mean because it doesn't seem. If you were plotting this down storyboard wise, you wouldn't do it this way.
0: No, no, not at all.
2: But just having it, start- having it as like snap, 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 looking at different places. Because I thought I thought I'd remembered it saying two months later, but obviously it didn't. When they when they were, when she was with that that weird bloke trying to get with her in the garden, mm. but.
0: No, but I just thought, like, with Cage, he's, we assume he's supposed to be the protagonist of this film, and all we know about him is that he's a cop, which is not a character trait, and that he's a widower, which is also not a character trait. We just know what he is, not who he is, which I, I just don't think helps him at all in this movie. In the next scene, one of the rapist's mothers is talking to a priest. The priest tells them to hire the best criminal attorney they can, and he also seems to be pressing himself against the mother in this scene. Like, I thought <laughs> the next scene was going to be her blowing him. He was like a real greasy motherfucker as well, this <laughs> priest, was it. I was a little bit uncomfortable watching it. And speaking of greasy motherfuckers, Don Johnson happens to be the lawyer who they are recommended. This time it seems to be the rapist's dad who is offering himself to uh, to yeah. Don Johnson. It was all a little bit weird, sort of... Sexual implications without being too overt, I thought was a bit weird. I felt a little bit dirty and not in a good way watching this film. (laughs) Cut to a scene in the courthouse. Martina walks in right next to the accused who are trying to intimidate her and the mother calls her a lying whore or some such. The acting was so over the top and ropey here. The mother is possibly the worst actor in this (laughs) Like I've not quite decided between her and the kid just yet.
1: Hmm. Agreed. And I couldn't get past the fact that she looked like Lord Voldemort or <laughs> John Joe Shelby. Um. One of the two. Um. You know what though? This courtroom scene was probably the most entertained I was through the movie. I, I, I understand that it's so unrealistic to actually how a court is in session, but that didn't mean it wasn't any any less entertaining um you know the judge was like super callous and like the defense attorney he's like so boil pissingly annoying even though it's so like completely unrealistic it's it's actually really entertaining as as a scene i think they did a really good job here
2: yeah it's like the, the judge is completely on the scumbag side like he thinks she's a whore he doesn't care and he's doing everything in his power just to kind of disgrace her. Like when she goes up on the stand as well, mm. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is a bit harsh. But yeah, she mean the mom is like, it wouldn't surprise me if she she's used polyfiller and not Botox because I don't I, I don't think it held her face at all. The fact that she couldn't move mm. and she looked and how old? How could she didn't even look that much older, really? No, yeah. no. Not at mm. all. And when, yeah. when you've had that much work done that you don't look that much older than daughter, it's just nonsense Or well, They ran out of money. Mm. They found some someone who looked vaguely glamorous in the street and just put her <laughs> in there.
0: See, for me, that this court scene broke me. It, mm. it was too much. Like, because it was, because as you said, it, it's clearly not how a court scene would play out in real life. It just completely took me out of the film. I understand you've got that little bit of Hollywood magic. That's going to embellish facts, but like when the judge corrects cages, uh, grammar, actually detective, it's my partner. And I like, I'm not being funny, but you're the fucking judge. What, what is this nonsense you're speaking? Mm. And when he complains to the, uh, the victim to Martina about her sunglasses being distracting, distracting from what? Like you're there to listen to her words. And, I would say it's more distracting if you see the bruises and everything that's on her face. Yeah, (laughs) I... It
1: broke it for me. I I, I don't think that the movie's clever enough to do this, but I thought it was done in a way so we understand that this is a proper kangaroo court and it's a local hick hick town where everybody Mm -hmm. knows everybody um, and that everybody is incompetent and this is the kind of town where news travels fast and you know it's like a, a like a lynch mob might end up ensuing if if no justice is given. I think it was more to try and make us understand that this isn't New York or this mm. isn't this isn't the pinnacle of the justice system. This is some hick town.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I thought like what like, like you said about the, the judge clearly being on their side. You know, he's he probably plays golf with their, their dad or something. He wouldn't surprise you at all. But the fact that I mean the whole sunglasses thing, you wouldn't say that, would you? You just you you're telling the victims to take their sunglasses off to hide mm. hide bruises. I mean, what if you got someone blind? You wouldn't take tell them to take the sunglasses off, would you? So
1: that was the best thing. Is as well, he doesn't he doesn't like. There's one bit when she's like going when like everybody's like whooping and hollering and it's they're all cheering in the background. He doesn't like call objection <laughs> no. until she starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> she's like there's nothing until like it's like a party going on in the background and then like he, she starts crying and then oh it's objection objection <laughs> like <laughs> order 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 i think uh don
0: johnson's argument as to why these four accused rapists are innocent or not guilty should i say his argument was that they had consensual sex and then she attacked them there were four of them defending themselves against her. Four twenty something year olds protecting themselves by killing a nearly seventy pound woman. Like it was just absurd. Like the basic argument that he's trying to make it doesn't make an iota of sense. The judge is actively bullying the victim. It just I just needed a little bit of realism here, and it he just it just wouldn't give me a fucking shred of it. <laughs> like it just I really agree. wouldn't.
1: I agree it's not realistic, but then to go back to to go back to his argument and what his role as the defence attorney is, he just has to prove that there is doubt. He doesn't have to prove that they didn't do it. He just has to prove mm. that there is only doubt. So, and that's 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 the. It's more about him being a carnival ringleader than it is him being a defence attorney, isn't it? Yeah, it's and, more about yeah. him painting a story, and I think he did. I, I thought he did a really good job of it, as unrealistic as it is.
2: As I said, he was he was hired because he's the best storyteller around.
1: Mm.
0: It, he's a proper carny piece of shit in this he's, <laughs> Like, I, I quite enjoyed his performance but it, it was turned up to 11 it was ridiculous we then get a bit of bollocks with Martina as she contemplates suicide by jumping off the CGI Niagara Falls Paige <laughs> magically appears as if from nowhere that's twice in this film he just happens to be in the right place at the right time are we sure this isn't a,
1: a sequel to City of Angels <laughs> it could we'll be. Like it.
0: <laughs> we then cut to a month later Before the court date has been set One of the rapists is in a bar Trying to bet on boxing And when he loses his bet He threatens to "quote unquote" Do you just like I did Tina The rapist attacks the guy Whom he's lost the bet to Cage appears behind Calls out the rapist who turns Pulls out a switchblade And Cage just shoots him in the head. (laughs) (laughs) When questioned, Cage says it was just self-defence. We get a second shot of Cage peering out over the CGI Niagara Falls with an eagle cawing overhead. America, fuck yeah. (laughs) Two of the rapists who go to the same CGI spot, they were there to get some evidence to prove that Martina was a sex worker and that she liked rough sex. When they get there, Cage is hiding. They find an envelope in his car, assuming it's the evidence that they need. Then the skinny bitch out of the two of them gets shot, flying off the side of the falls. Like, he he doesn't just get shot and fall back. He gets shot and goes fucking zooming off it, like (laughs) it's out of a superhero film.
2: It was ridiculous. There's the shotgun moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Like, he was properly hit, like... He looked like he was hit by a cannonball the way he went (laughs) flying. It was mad. (laughs) The other one gets shot several times and then gets pushed over the falls as well. The fourth rapist receives a call from an old friend at school, Llewellyn. She tells him that she has information about Martina that will help him. So to come over to some dive motel. When he arrives out of the darkness, Cage steps forth with his gun, instructing the fourth rapist to write down, God forgive me. I did what I believed was the right thing to do. And John pistol whips him and then he puts the gun in his hand and then shoots him in the head. Cage meets Don Johnson outside of the police station. They talk about the Constitution, dirty cops, and maybe they had it coming to them. Don Johnson walks away. He gets on a Harley Davidson chopper in his suit, (laughs) no helmet or boots, just a high-end tailored fucking suit and rides off. Cage meets up with the victim and the kid like they must have just been hanging around in the nearest car park waiting for him and he just so happens to appear again very contrived ending I thought they say they're good boys because the victim and her kid are leaving the state and that's the end
1: question did you recognise one of the would-be rapists from uh, The Walking Dead no so Joshua Mikkel plays one of the uh, saviours um, in, I think it's like season seven, season eight. Um, and he's in quite a few episodes. He's one of the proper shithouses of Negan's uh, group. I knew I recognised him from somewhere. And then I did a bit of Googling. and Yeah, he appears um, in The Walking Dead. He's got le- legitimate chops. Well, not chops, but he's he's in The Walking Dead. I can tell you that much.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, very interesting. I didn't know that. But they all kind of look like they've been on the run for you know yeah. a good few years being chased by zombies, so I wouldn't be wholly surprised <laughs> at that, to be honest. <laughs> so I couldn't find the budget on this film, which I think probably tells a story in itself. Um, however, the box office, it was a straight-to-DVD classic that I've learned. Uh, it earned the princely sum, of seventy three thousand two hundred and seventy dollars. Ooh wee! Yeah. So it was uh, something of a miss. But then I suppose if you go straight to DVD, you're never really going to be in the money,
1: are you, on these things? I don't know where. I don't like. You know, when the when the studios are thinking of something to put out, I don't know how they can ever pitch something like this because they must know they're not going to make any money on it. So unless it's an obligation that they've got to five-picture deal with so-and-so, for, or they're asked by a streaming platform to make something just to be able to have content. I don't know how these 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 can either be justified.
0: No, I completely agree. The, the only thing I think is is it a tax write-off, but then that generally tends to be European-based films. I know a lot of films which get made in Germany, if they're mm. like the Uwe Boll, Kind of dirge. They are tax write-offs. He just gets paid the money back because of it being a, a tax swiz. But in the states, I don't think that's the case. So I'm in the blind, uh, in the dark on on this one as the next. Really, it's a bit of an oddity.
1: What I assume is they like a TV show. They make it with the intention of selling it to a streaming platform. Yeah. To then get a payoff on it, and that could, that can only can, can only be. The answer, because that's how you know that's how TV generally works, isn't it? So, um, you know, the, the, something will be created as a pilot. They hope it gets picked up and bought, and then they go from there. So, I, I assume that they want it to be picked up by a streaming platform and, and paid a uh, paid the rights for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, no, we we talked about it before um, about the Tomorrow War. Hey, that was a that was a, a proper summer blockbuster that was then sold to Amazon because of COVID. And ironically, probably did better for Amazon and for the film itself than it would have done as a blockbuster because it was mental. Mm. And this, mm-hmm. I watched this on Prime, so it's there now. Four years later <laughs> from when it came out, so you're right. There's probably something in that. There's probably well syndication as well down the line to something like like Life, Lifetime or Hallmark and them kind of film channels, movies
1: for men, yeah, and
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> the Sony Channel and stuff like that where they put the like thriller Hour or something like that put something like this on that's probably yeah. where it would live that's the probably but then cage films around this time you you you're still expecting about 5-6 million million pound budget really mm.
0: yeah very true so this movie was released in the UK on March the 27th 2017 and in the states in September the 15th that year on its UK release, it was up against Power Rangers, Life, Man Down, Ghost in the Shell, and Smurfs: The Lost Village. In the States, it was up against a much tougher release. So it was up against American Assassins, Darren Aronofsky's Mother, and Kingsman Two. So he never really stood a chance. I mean, even though like the best film it was up against in the UK was fucking Power Rangers, uh, it still never made any any yeah, mark hey. over here.
1: Life, uh, Life is a great movie. If it's the one, I think it is. It's a sci-fi uh, one where they they uh, find an organism. in oh, space yeah, 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 And then, and yeah, then watch that. play.
2: Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That is. So hang on. So Power Rangers, I watched that. Life, I watched that. What was the other ones?
0: Man Dune, Ghost in the Shell. Well,
2: I watch that as well. That was a good. Re- that was a good reimagining. Uh, that was. I presume that's the. Um, the fo- Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, obviously, her being a white woman is kind of and all that controversy about it, But it was a decent film. So,
0: yeah, mm. Even I, over I here. I it. Yeah. And the other one, obviously, Smurfs, The Lost Village, which I'm guessing probably haven't seen.
2: <laughs> I've seen it now. I didn't watch it at the time.
0: <laughs> I've seen the first Smurfs and that was bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> So before I give you the scores, I want you to tell me what you think it's going to be.
2: Uh, <laughs> I well, we'll come to that in a bit, but I'd guess it was probably not very <laughs> well received as, <laughs> as usual with these kind of things. Um audience audience fifty, critics about twenty-two, something like that. Amazon five.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Matt, yeah, what do you I, think?
1: I was going to say, audience forty, critics twenty. I was going to say, then thereabouts.
0: Hmm. So, IMDb, it's got a five point two. There's no Metacritic available on that one. <clears throat> the Rotten Tomatoes audience score was a twenty seven percent, and the critical score was a zero. <laughs> which I think might be the only zero we've got because oh, wow. even Left Behind got one. In defense of the film there's only like four reviews which isn't enough to get a proper score but all reviews were negative anyway so technically it's it's a zero uh, there was nothing really of, of note to, to say about the critic reviews they all basically said it was a badly made film that nobody seemed particularly interested in acting in so <laughs> i think that's fairly fair to be honest Obviously, there were some people who liked it. If you were to go on Amazon.com, it's got a 3.8 out of five stars. Ooh, this even, film.
1: even that's low for, for Amazon. Amazon.
0: Yeah, for Amazon, that, that may as well be a two star. I Let's be <laughs> honest. <laughs> uh, 65% of the reviews were a four or a five star review. Uh, Nathan said something different I love Nicolas Cage and most of his movies that I've watched so far don't think I've come across a bad one I enjoyed this something different than all the fast action girl movies and really moving whilst it still holds its reputation I don't know what that means And Jennifer said, brilliant film. I really enjoyed this. Contrary to other reviews, I don't think the acting was bad. In fact, I was completely gripped from start to finish. Five stars. Yeah, it, it, it just doesn't seem like many people saw this film, either critically or in the audience. So there's just not a lot really to, to break down, which is probably a good thing. Uh, but we'll, I think we'll break it down anyway. So, Stu, what is your good, bad and crazy, please?
2: The good, I thought that whoever, this is really hard because it's really shitty, but <laughs> it's it's a really, really bad film. It's not really well made. There's no really good acting in it at all. <laughs> but I mean, the good, the action scenes w- that were there, I thought were really well done. I thought they were great. And I thought the, the the rape scene was uncomfortable, which is what you want for a rape scene, if you want one at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, there was moments in it like that where I thought actually if this was part of a better film with people who could be asked, you'd be onto something and it, it kind of mm. felt so it of place that they'd spent so much time on certain set pieces for them the rest to just be pissing about <laughs> <laughs> and I think that kind of, that's kind of the, the bad point about it that there's too much of that if you want to class it as a re- review it properly as a film I mean the acting is it's like it's not even amdram, some of it. It's just it's just not acting. It's just shit. <laughs> mm. And I mean, Don Johnson's hamming it up. I mean, that's, we go back to a good point. That's, that's he's doing what he does. But then you have got Polly a woman. Why is she there? Pointless. Waste of time. I mean, that, that whole arc of not wanting to be in a, going back home and living in her mom's house. Why, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you've, been, you've been looked yeah. after. Didn't make any sense. Not explained. Yeah, the girl obviously, apart from that one scene, isn't an actress, <laughs> <laughs> and the the list is endless of how shit the acting was. But the, the crazy, the crazy, the fact that I liked it, I actually really <laughs> enjoyed myself watching it, and I don't, I don't even know, at this point I don't even know why I like this, some of these things. But at no point in it was I looking at my phone, was I tempted to go just pause it and go and have it have a shit or something, like what we'll comes in certain other films. I actually really enjoyed myself. And even though it was nonsense and it wasn't very good, after, when we got to the kangaroo court, I just thought, well, this is just a B movie. It's like mm. a TV movie that you watch on a, you used to watch on a Sunday night because you, you know, they've been in the pub all afternoon and you're too pissed to watch anything serious and it's just entertaining nonsense. So that's what it is. Mm. And that's where I came from with, and I did kind of enjoy myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt, what have you got to say? So the good, I'd mentioned it before, the, um, the courtroom scene, I really enjoyed. It was silly. It was over the top. It, was, it served its purpose of just kind of showing that um, almost a justification for what Nick Cage is about to do because of how farcical the system is that they're trying to work within. Mm. um so i thought that with that you know don johnson's performance i really enjoyed i thought he played the sleaze ball really well he didn't have to try very hard because (laughs) he just did it so convincingly i thought it was um it was excellent the bad the bad for me well it's in two parts really one how the how the how the movie itself it just ties itself up in too neat a little bow it's just Mm. too it's just too wham bam they're dead yeah, that's it, they're sorted. Everyone's happy at the end. It's too nice for something that worked so hard to have such a gritty start with that rape scene. It's just, it's just, it's wrapped up too nicely. Like everyone's, everyone's happy at the end. And he drives off on his Eric Bischoff motorcycle <laughs> and it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just wrapped up too nicely. And what's really disappointing is there's, there's almost zero moral compass at all. There's no, there's no like, there's no afterthought to what Nick Cage is doing is a bad thing. Mm. There's no afterthought to anything. There's just no, there's no moral compass at all, and it's a shame because, you know, I'm not saying this had to delve into that territory too much, but it would have been nice just to have a little bit of it, just to like, you know, as far as we concerned, Nick Cage could be T two. He literally like he could be the Terminator because he yeah. shows so such little emotion as uh, you know as his as his character. Maybe that's the shock of what he's been through, but they don't paint that out at all. Um, and then the crazy just being the um, the acting from a few of the characters, as Stewart said. I mean, um, Talitha Bateman, I've unless she was playing someone that now suffers from severe bipolar disorder, and they're just. Cut a line out, and we don't. They forgot to tell us. (laughs) Unless that's what she's playing, she's all over the place, like you say, tonally. Mm. Really, really jarring, and she's really, really unlikable. As unlikable as the Grant. Um. So you can understand, in a way, why the mum just wants to be left the fuck alone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Totally. My good going in blind i I had like a proper visceral reaction to that rape scene. It made me feel something I, and that's that's great and that's all I've got to say about the good of this film <laughs> because the direction is an absolute shambles. it is all over the place in this there is no structure to it there is no storytelling devices throughout it's jumping all over the place. there is absolutely no fucking subtlety whatsoever. The director is a sledgehammer here and it it suffers for it. As you said, Matt, there could have been some kind of moral to this story. But no, no, there was no subtext, just text. It just didn't work for me on that level. The editing, I thought, was piss poor. There are scenes that have like a slow fade to black, like it's going into a commercial break almost. There are others which have got hard and fast cuts. It's... There's no uniformity throughout this film, and it seems to jump at random that really detracts from the film. I find that it was so... Yeah, it was just the inconsistencies of it really ruined it. Mm -hmm. And finally, I've got to mention the the mother... Well, the mom's mom and the daughter, because the mom is Botox to the point where she cannot open her mouth properly. She's slurring her words. She's in that bad a shape. I mean... You've got to be able to enunciate when you're acting, for fuck's sake. And the daughter. Like, the scripting of this character, she's arguably the most important character in this film. It is pretty much all tied around her in this movie because she's the only witness, So we find out she's supposed to be 12 years old in this. But there are scenes where she could be five years old. (laughs) There are scenes where she could be 34. Like, her maturity is all over the place. It's so inconsistent. It's painful to watch. Like, there's one scene where Martine's clearly distressed because she's just been raped. And Bethy's smiling and giggling. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. And crazy. So... The, this is an adaptation of a book. The reason it's called Vengeance, A Love Story is because they couldn't call it what the book was named. Rape, A Love Story. Mm. So that is probably a good thing that they uh, avoided that one. Oh, Originally. Oh, I, well, that. So,
1: so, well, no, you're probably going to tell me now. I'd, I'd love to know what the tone was of the book then comparatively.
2: Yeah,
0: same. I've not been able to find much about it, to be honest, other than just the surface-level retelling of the film, so So, I don't know.
2: I mean, that sounds... If you see a book saying rape a love story, it's almost like, well, is it like Stockholm Syndrome afterwards? Is Mm. is that what it's implying? Is that what goes on in this book? That's what that sounds like. This sounds awful. (laughs)
0: Originally, this film was to star Samuel L. Jackson, Diane Weist, and Abigail Breslin. It was supposed to be filmed in 2009. Uh, By the time it got started in 2016, Cage was brought in to star and direct this film. But then obviously he dropped out of directing it. So that was quite an odd one as well because Cage has only ever directed one film, Sonny, which as far as I'm aware, he's only got a very minor role in. So I'd be quite intrigued to see what Cage can do as an actor director in the full sense of those words. So, did you enjoy this film? I'll get a map first because we already know Stu's answer. <laughs>
1: um I can't say I didn't enjoy it. That's a the really bizarre thing. <laughs> like I did I did enjoy it in a B movie schlocky way. Um I think yeah, for the purposes of of our statistical data, it's a win in the column, and it, it goes nowhere. We've seen like much worse films than than this, in my opinion. That I got no entertainment out of.
2: Hmm.
1: Um. So yeah, I enjoyed it, but I know it's littered with flaws. I, this this is a dirty pizza on a night out when like you know, in the cold light of day, you're never going to go here when you're sober, but you're enjoying it at the time, and you don't care that. You know that it's got a two hygiene rating. You just you just enjoy it for what it is. That's that's this that's this film.
2: Stu, it is very much Lazee's pizza.
1: Oh, Lazee's! You know, I went past Lazee's or what was Lazee's the other day, and I had to like stop pour a bit of liquor on the ground from my fallen comrades in in Lizzie's. It's not there anymore. It's like a, I don't know what it is. Now. I think it's like a nail salon.
2: Well, it, it, which one's Lazee's? The one opposite the uni. Disease, we used to call it. Yeah, it's nowhere.
0: <laughs> Is it down from the Greek restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I think I know where it was. Yeah, it I was. Just never went there. It was on, um, you know, that Channel 5 program about um, worst places to eat in the country, whatever it was called. Oh, it right. was actually on there, <laughs> and there's like dead rats and things in the back and everything. Nice. But it reopened so, after that was shown. Fuck's sake. The grand the opening.
0: brass balls you would have
1: to reopen it after that show. Well, Incredible. it was. Um, a very very quick sidebar, you know, like back in the day, well even now to some degree, uh, the the biggest scandal out of all of this, Pizza Mahan, which is like my favourite pizza place in all of Wolverhampton, has gone from charging X for a pizza to now doing two for one, but each pizza is like now double the price, which oh, it disgusts me because unless terrible. you're going with someone, anyway, Lizzie's, it was like everywhere was selling like a nine inch pizza for three fifty four quid. Lizzie's was two quid. <laughs> so you, do, just, you know exactly what you're getting.
2: I remember the ones that had a, had a dynamite and chips in there for three quid. And it, it was Christ. like the proper, like, like, pizza box size as well. It was like you can't possibly be selling any of this for a profit unless it's, all, it's out of date. But we're <laughs> still all here, are we? So, moral of the story. They're yeah.
0: obviously just getting the rats out of the back, weren't they? And- yeah, exactly. That's all they were
2: doing. Diced, <laughs> diced rack kebab, which is kind of like an analogy for this film. Really, it was. It's a good idea. It doesn't exactly mean it's healthy for you, but and it's not the best thing. But it does the job. And yeah, I did like it. And I, would, I will watch it again. And then I will. <laughs> 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 With a lot of these things, where, where we've had to get obtain them through different means. I've watched them and then deleted the file. This is on Prime. This is This is being watched again, guaranteed.
0: Incredible, incredible. Yeah. It, it's a no for me. Um, it made me angry at the logic leaps he was asking me <laughs> to make. Like the, the scene in the courtroom just broke me. It was too dumb. I, I like dumb, but this was too much for me. So I just couldn't couldn't get to it. So based on this film and this film alone. Was Nicholas good? Was he bad, Stu?
2: Well, no, he wasn't very good, was he? <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless we're saying that he he was actually traumatized in the after the opening five minutes, and that was the reason he was acting like he was. But none of it made any sense anyway. The whole what was the love story? <laughs> I mean, he was became obsessed because. Well, no, even because he was a widower, is that why he he kind of felt felt like obliged to protect her? Because she lost her husband and she was drunk. Who knows? Drunk dancing in the middle of the day with him in the bar. (sighs) That That, that would
0: make sense, but they never explained it. So if if they don't explain it, it didn't happen.
2: No. Mm. So, I mean, his performance isn't good, so now he's not a good actor on this.
1: (laughs) Matt, are you saying the same? I'm saying the same to the point where I'm not sure he was acting. I think he just, <laughs> mm. I think he turned up. He was, he he was told what was going on or he thought he was still directing and he was just giving instructions to who he thought was actually starring in the film. Um, I, no, you can't. He, 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 he barely broke. I can't say he broke a sweat. He barely broke a grin or an expression. And mm. I don't think that was intentional.
0: Yeah. I mean he wouldn't break a sweat because the amount of Botox that he clearly had, you wouldn't wouldn't be sweating with that, would it? Mm. I think it, it's Is this
2: the closer. first is this the the first of this modern era where he, he hasn't got a beard? And is the reason why he's got a beard because he looks like this.
0: He could be, yeah. I'm trying to hide the um the turkey glossal that he's got rocking uh, in this film. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's obviously a bad from me. Like, he felt very detached throughout this movie. Like you said, he doesn't feel like he's acting. We get a couple of scenes where he comes across really cold, unemotional and awkward. But when he's murdering the rapists, this just makes him look like a sociopath, not a man who's looking for righteous vengeance. I think if you think back to... I suppose the, a near comparison would be something like 8mm. Hmm. When he was doing the same things there... At least he had a little bit of existential despair. Like he was worried about what he was doing, if it was the right thing. We had none of that here. I just felt like his character choice was completely off-key. Didn't work for me at all in this movie. So it's also a no. So finish the sentence. If you enjoyed Vengeance, a love story you may also like.
1: Matt? Matt? If you enjoyed Vengeance of Love Story, you may also like Man on Fire. Um, Ignore the Rotten Tomatoes score on this and the Metacritic, because Mm -hmm. it must be an error, because this is a great film. Um, It's not... I don't think it's quite an out-and-out revenge movie, but it has elements of it. And it's just very, very good. Um, And I don't think it gets the love it deserves, Denzel, brilliant in it, Dakota, Dakota Fanning, is good in it. It's just a really, really great, great film, and um, I don't think it stands up to the test of time, really, or, or I should say people don't give it the respect it deserves, and I think you'd have a much more enjoyable time if you enjoyed kind of seeking a bit of moral compass from uh, vengeance. If that's what you wanted, you'll enjoy Man on Fire quite a bit, I think.
2: It's all about that, though. I, I found I didn't know that Tony Scott was dead, Until today. I was kind of like proper gutted about it. I know it completely passed me by. It was like five years ago now, but I had no idea. No clue. Because I watched watched Top Gun yesterday and then went down. I listened to a couple of podcasts on Top Gun. And then they're talking about, oh, yeah, he killed himself. What? Completely out of my head. No idea.
0: I I didn't realise he he took his own life, but I I knew he wasn't. He's no longer with us.
2: Yeah, apparently he had... um, Incurable cancer, so he he did it to himself before the cancer got him. That's what Ridley Scott said, anyway. Um, Mm. On a lighter note, (laughs) 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 obviously the 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 better version of this film is the Thomas Jane classic, The Punisher. Just go and watch that instead. Better, probably Mm. not. Although it's probably not as enjoyable because it's quite sad.
0: Yeah, uh, my answer is also going to be Man on Fire. I think it's a really enjoyable film, and again, it's a bit it's a bit schlocky, but it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because you've already taken that one, I will go with another comic book movie that is about vengeance and revenge, and that will be Matt's favourite film, 1994's The Crow. It, it's a film where he goes, he gets killed, and comes back for vengeance. It's fantastic if you haven't seen it by now what are you doing with your life you really need to get on it it's a great
1: movie and a much better child actor to to be the sympathy piece as well in the crow totally
0: yeah yeah absolutely right so that's another nick cage movie in the books if you've seen this one or any other film we've ever discussed why not get in contact with us at CageFightingPod on the Twitter or emails to CageFightingPod at gmail.com. Please make sure that you are subscribed or following us on your chosen podcatcher as well. And if you could leave us a review, that would be super smashing and great. Finally, thank you once again for giving us your time this week. We truly appreciate it. So for this week, Matt, would you like to say goodbye?
1: Take it easy, everybody. Look after yourselves.
0: Stu, would you like to say goodbye?
2: See you later, kids.
0: And it's goodbye from me. And remember, be excellent to each other.